Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you today? That was awful. If I can do it, you can do it. How you doing today, everyone? There we go. Awesome. My name is Tom. I'm the pastor here, and so glad uh, that you're spending your morning with us. For all of you who are joining online as well, we want to say welcome uh, on this cold and dreary and dark, awful day. But it's going to be great, because you get to sleep today, or hang out inside, rest your sore bones from working in the yard yesterday, right? Uh, start out by thanking everybody who, who helps put this together. I want to thank uh, our band this morning. I want to thank all of our techs. Uh, we're excited for uh, what's coming up. I want to talk about uh, that for just a couple minutes before I get into my message today. There's a lot of stuff going on at Hope, so make sure you check out our website. I know there's something for guys coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to get on the softball field, guys, and we're going to play some softball, so make sure you check that out. I know there's something coming up for Alien Youth. Uh, that's our ministry for uh, teenagers. So check that out. Um, also, uh, you, you know we're kind of really kind of keeping in tune with what's happening, like with restrictions. And and in the middle of May, uh, there's going to be some changes across the state. And so we're looking forward to seeing how how we can open up a little bit more. So that is definitely on our sites. Uh, so there'll be more things. We're really particularly looking at kids and how we can start offering some things for kids again. So stay tuned uh, to that. We'll stay in in great uh, connection uh, with you. Also, I want to mention something that's coming up um, starting next month on the last Sunday of every month throughout the entire summer, we're going to do something I'm going to call family reunions. Now, how many people have family reunions from time to time? So I don't know if it's anything like me, a few of you. So like I come from a really big, crazy, loud Italian family. And so we would get together usually once a year or so. And we'd go to like the Ponte Club or some kind of park. And, you know, it would just be like 150 people, like cousins and second cousins and third cousins. And again, if you're Italian, you get it. You understand what that's all about. And, you know, you got the group of guys over there smoking their guitars, smoking their guitars, cigars. You know, talking with their hands. We got people over here playing bocce, real bocce, not this like backyard bocce stuff. I don't know what that is. Um, so we're going to do that as a church. And on that last Sunday of every month, we're going to have a really special service in here. Uh, and then we're going to just open up outside. And we're going to have food going. And we're going to have tents that you can sit and play games with each other. And, uh, and by the way, also, I've said this before, my wife Sarah and I will challenge any other uh, two people in here to cornhole. All right? So I'm putting that out there right now. Bring it on. Um, and we're just going to have a time of hanging out so people could get connected uh, to each other. I know uh, school is wrapping up for a bunch of you as well, so I know you're excited about that. And I do want to give a shout out uh, to Lauren, your family, uh, Uh, Lauren uh, Hayden, you just graduated from nursing school this past week. So big accomplishment to you. I know it's a a hard, yep, long process with a lot of challenges, but we wanted to make sure we did a shout out to you this morning. 
Um, listen, I was on a vacation uh, last week, and this whole week I've been like jet lagged. I don't know if I've ever had that before, uh, but we were on vacation. We had a great time. Actually, I'm going to loop some slides that are coming on. You're going to see some things. That's We went to the Grand Canyon. We went out west, uh, so we were there. We went to several different places. There's going to be pictures up here. Um, we went to Red Rock Canyon, which was really, really awesome. If you're ever out that way, you should make sure uh, you check uh, that out. Uh, that is an Death Valley. That's my wife uh, standing on a sand dune. That was amazing. Uh, yes, I was. we were like in 95 degree weather on that day, which was cold for Death Valley from what I hear, actually. Um, so we just had a great time together. That's my uh, girl uh, hiking out in Red Rocks there. Um, you may, it may have already passed. Uh, there, there, there we are as a family. My son is actually in a picture. That's a small miracle right there. I don't know what your teenage boy is like, but... Um, Back in the beginning of this year, our staff did something we called Coffee and Conversations, and it was just a chance for our staff, me, Carrie, and Michelle, to check in with all of you. And we kind of we did it by age group, and we were just saying, you know, what do you need in this time? We, now, we weren't meeting back in person at that time. We were looking uh, to just kind of see how can we best uh, help you, uh, how can we pray for you, you know, we had some fun playing games, that kind of thing. Uh, and one of the things that we heard that was kind of a consistent piece of feedback, two or three people said this, it is something to this effect, they said, I feel like I'm wandering in a desert, like I, I just kind of feel like lost in a, in a wilderness kind of a thing. And I totally understood where that was coming from. And, and I think I know what you meant. And it kind of spurred uh, this idea for even this series that we're calling The Desert. And, uh, you know, maybe you feel like you need something, but you're just not sure what it is. Um, maybe you feel aimless, or you have felt over this past year, which has been crazy and, and so different. You felt aimless, or you're just more tired and exhausted than you should be. You're having fi uh, difficulty figuring out what you want to do next. Um, maybe you just have this overall sense of like feeling numb or you just feel dry and stale, even in the, like your spiritual life. You just don't know. You don't have a whole lot of vision uh, for your life right now. And that's kind of what we're calling desert seasons as we do this series. And, and, and that's what it's like to kind of wander around uh, wilderness. Um, and we know lots of you are feeling this uh, right now. Um, for some, it may, you may still be in this season. It's, feel, it's felt long and extended. For others, maybe like me, it's just ups and downs to every day. Like someday you're just feeling great, and then a couple hours later, you're just kind of down, and you're just so, everything feels against you, whatever. Um, so many things have changed. Our routines have changed. Some of you have, have lost your jobs. Uh, and again, my heart goes out to you. Um, and, but so for some of us, that's meant we've had more time to be by ourselves and to think long and hard. And when we have these extended times of thinking, sometimes we could get into our own heads, right? Um, and so wherever you are, even if you're in a good place right now, you are going to experience a desert season in your life. Maybe you have already. If you're not in one right now, you will in the future. We all know this. And so in this series, our goal is to try to help you 
uh, uncover why you're feeling that way, uh, what you're feeling, and, and maybe let's figure out together what God says about what it means to be wandering in a desert, to walk through the season in a, in a healthy way, so that, so that this wilderness season um, is not wasted in our lives. And the truth is, I think the Bible has a lot to say about wilderness seasons. And there's a lot of key insights that we can take away from it. Because God has given us everything we need for life right now. He, he says in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 9, he says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all this by coming to know him, the one who's called himself to us by means of his marvelous glory. And excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Stop real quick. That's how we feel, right? We feel like we're in the middle of this mess. Everything's broken. Where do we go from here? So it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to the promises God gives you. And what are those? And we're going to talk about some of those. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brother, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord. But those who develop, fail to develop in this way are short-sighted. See, we're here to grow. We're here to learn. And we don't want to skip too quickly over what God is trying to teach us in this land of wilderness. And so Carrie uh, kind of started it off last week, uh, and she talked about that desert seasons are normal. We all experience them. And it doesn't matter if you have followed Jesus for 50 years, or if you're even not quite sure this whole God thing and this whole church thing. We all experience desert seasons. They're a reality for everyone. And they could be, and they should be, places of learning and growth. And what are some of those things that, you know, uh, that we learn? Well, we, first of all, it says it in that verse, and she mentioned it last week, patience is one of those things, right? How to endure. Um, and we talked about the trying of our faith, which a lot of us have been at that point, works out patience. Also, it's just this whole release of control, right? This, this lie that we believe that we actually have some control over our lives. Well, we begin to see how quickly that goes away and how quickly that fades when we go through these desert seasons. And so today I want to jump into part Two, and uh, this message, uh, again, every message we speak up here is so humbling because it makes you take an inner look at yourself, and this one is definitely for me. So I want to start out with a question, and actually, if you're online, you could also raise your hand. This is, you know, it's okay uh, here. We could raise our hand for this question. Raise your hand in the chat. How many of you have said something like this over the last year? I just wish things would go back to normal. Yes, pretty much every person in this room and probably every person online, if we're being honest, has raised our hand. So my question is, what do we mean when we're saying this? Now, now this one, I don't want your feedback. I'm just going to start a conversation. What are we really saying when we say that? What are we tr are implying when we say that? Well, 
the answer is that we're implying that we want to go back to something that once was. We want to go back to the past. We yearn for what once was in our lives. It implies that our past condition was better than our current condition, right? Can we kind of agree on that? And this is a very interesting thing to ponder. And this is what I've been thinking about for the weeks leading up to this time. There's certainly a tension here, right? When we get to this point, there's this tension. There's this tension between going back to our past and looking at our past is really important because there are things that we should learn and we could learn from it and we should gain insight from our past. At the same time, if we dwell in the past we could come to some really unhealthy places and we find ourselves, like we're talking about, in like a desert, wandering and lost. See, some of us, I am asserting today that we feel like we're lost and wandering and in this desert season because we're yearning for what once was. Now, we've talked about, we're gonna confront a lie every week of this series, and we're calling it a mirage because we're super creative and awesome like that. Because when you go to the desert, there's this phenomenon that happens called the mirage, and you become kind of delirious, and you think you're seeing things that you're not. It's, the dictionary definition is something illusory, something that's deceptive in appearance, right? And so here's today's lie that we might be believing. Here's the mirage. The best days are behind us. The best days are behind us. I'm just going to simply call this the mirage of the past. Our best days are behind us. Let me give you some examples. Maybe you're here, you're a little bit older in this room or watching uh, today, uh, this, this time, and, and you just don't think maybe you have much of value to give anymore. Some of you can't do the things that you used to do for whatever reason. Some of you are losing your friends to illness or even to death. Maybe you're struggling with health issues. You're, maybe you're struggling to drive or struggling to have energy to do even some of the basic things that you used to do. You don't feel like you have a place and you may be feeling like your best days are behind you. Maybe you're in that middle age season of life. You know, I, I put myself in this category. I, I just turned 45, right? So maybe you're in your 40s or your 50s, and maybe you're kind of in this midlife crisis, so to speak. Maybe you feel young, you don't real, but you don't really feel like you fit in uh, with the younger ones. But at the same time, you don't feel like you fit in with some older and you're clearly having a hard time with this. Maybe at the office, you're considered the old one and out of touch. Some of us, maybe in this group, lost their jobs during this time. Um, or maybe you've pondered that reality and you question it because actually if it happened, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. Who would want to hire someone your age? And then again, even the people you love the most, your friends and your families, they may rib you about things. Uh, they have laughs at your expense about the things that you're already sensitive to because we're going through a lot of change in this season of our life. So you feel like you're losing the best version of yourself and you begin to feel like your best days are behind you. Or maybe you're younger. 
We've got a lot of you in this room, maybe in your 20s or your 30s, uh, and you're struggling what to, know, to know what to even do uh, with your life. You're feeling the pressure maybe of starting a career, but the opportunities just aren't available for you. Or maybe you feel like you're being overlooked right now for someone with more experience. Or you're, some of you are starting families and having young kids and you're struggling as a parent. Uh, you long for the days where you could just go back and do things on a whim like you used to, right? Live on the edge a little bit more. And worse yet, all of us older people are telling you that things only get worse as you get older. Isn't that the truth? So you feel discouraged, maybe, and you feel like your best days are behind you. And of course, now we're in this unique season of difficult circumstances. Just even in the past year alone, let's think about that. And, and all of the political unrest and the social uh, uh, injustice that we've been experiencing and all the tension with that. And so much has changed. And you've heard people say, things aren't going to go back to the way they were. And just that phrase, just that, just that sentiment kind of like pierces you in the heart. It's like a jolt to your system. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to listen to it. it you're very uncomfortable comfortable with that. And so you kind of hold on to that. And so every day you have this swing of emotions, right? And you just, I just can't wait for things to go back to normal. So maybe you're there today. And I totally understand the sentiment. But God had a word for me. And I'm hoping in the few minutes that we have together that God has a word for you this morning. When we dwell in the past, we sabotage the present and we lose hope for the future. Quote it, tweet it, tweet it on your, you know, tag Hope Church on it. When we dwell in the past, we sabotage the present and we lose hope for the future. And I should say here, that there's two kinds of past that I'm talking about today that I've thought through. And I think there's two kinds of past that we can become oriented to in a way that might be unhealthy, that might put us in this desert, wandering, lost season. Because I'm speaking and because I like alliteration, I've alliterated them. First, pinnacle orientation. Pinnacle orientation. We dwell in the glory days of the past. We have fond memories of what once was and we long for that again. And so we dwell on these positive experiences and it holds us back from fully appreciating our present. And it kind of sabotages the possibilities of our future. And so when we orient ourselves like these pinnacle experiences that we have, we yearn for the positive things to come back. And that can derail you. That can discourage you. The second thing I'm going to call is painful orientation. We dwell in the painful days of our past. We have painful memories and we struggle to overcome those feelings and emotions. And dwelling in this space holds us from being fully in the present and holds us from our dreams about a positive future. So when we orient towards painful experiences, we have difficulty accepting our present and we feel held back from a promising future. And both of these orientations, when unhealthy, lead us to these times of wandering and this feeling of loss and anxiety and even numb and dry 
So I've tried to list some of the things to kind of reiterate my point of things that might be signs that your past is derailing you a little bit. And these are some things that I just came up with because honestly, some of the things that I wrestle with, maybe you can find some commonality as well. Maybe you're living under the bondage of labels. Maybe you've started to give in yourself some labels or you're living under labels that someone else has given you and you can't seem to get out from those labels. Maybe you are finding yourself defensive in your interactions with others. Maybe you're starting to self-doubt. You start to be insecure and you think like everyone is looking at you and doesn't think you could do this or thinks you're no good. Maybe you're starting to fixate on the trivial things right now and you're getting hung up on those things. Maybe you're having an extremely hard time with forgiveness right now. You're having a hard time forgiving others, but you're also having a hard time forgiving yourself. You're struggling with low self-esteem. You can't seem to find joy. You're constantly looking for approval. You're more prone to entertain conspiracy theories. You're critical of new ideas or various options. Or maybe you resent those who have a more positive outlook on life right now. Maybe they're more happy. They, they, they don't have a strong opinion on things and you are just so, you're so into this because you have this strong opinion. If any of these are true, and there could be a million more, you might be unhealthily reorienting yourself to the past and it's holding you back from what God wants because I believe the lie we believe is the best days are behind us. But here's the truth that I want to explore today. Followers of God need to live in the present with future perspective. Write that down. Followers of God need to live in the present with future perspective. And so immediately, I'm reminded of this story in the Bible that I am not going to go through in its entirety because it would take too long. Plus, I've already talked about it several times this year, and you probably know what I'm going to say. It's this whole desert experience of Israel. So just to set this up, if you're not familiar with the Bible or whatever, I'm going to help you out here. The Old Testament is really like a collection of books that describes Israel's history, and so there's these, all these uh, accounts, these stories, uh, and this goes through these various ways, these ups and downs of this nation called Israel. And so you've probably seen some of the movies or heard some of the stories, and the one I'm thinking of particularly is the, is the movie that's depicted like the Ten Commandments, right? And the story of Moses, because what had happened was Israel was living in a land that wasn't theirs, and they had become slaves. Egypt had kind of taken them over. Uh, it was kind of a gradual thing, but here they found themselves as a nation without really much of an identity, and now uh, they were under oppression, right? And so basically God calls out Moses, and says, you're the person I want to take all Israelites out of Egypt, which is kind of ironic because where was Moses when God called him? In a desert. He was totally fine and comfortable in his desert, by the way. He didn't want things to change, and he actually fought God on this. I don't want to do that. But again, ultimately, things changed. He goes, and through this whole crazy story that involves frogs and flying insects and blood and dead people, like now Israelites have been 
uh, taken out of Egypt and they start on this journey towards a promised land that God was going to give them, right? And just like in the story that you remember maybe from that movie, and just as they're kind of crossing this river in a miraculous way, Pharaoh has a change of heart and he starts sending his army after the people of Israel. And so they start chasing them through this parted river. And then what happens? The river falls in on them. Everybody dies. End of story, right? Not quite. Not quite, because now the Israelites are on their way to the promised land. And so they go through all these ups and downs, and they're in this desert, right? And so then they find out the place where God has promised them. They send out 12 spies to go check it out because they were going to overtake this land. And what happens? 10 of them came back and said, impossible, can't do it. They're too big. They're too strong. Only two people came back and said, yeah, we can do this. This is what God has promised us to go for it. So kind of this doomsday now fell over Israel. They're all discouraged. They had nowhere to go. And they just complain. And poor Moses is often finds himself between them and God. And they just say, I just wish we can go back to the way things were. You guys remember that story? That was kind of like the fast-forwarded version. Numbers 14.4, we want to go back to the way things were. And God struggled with this. And again, fast-forwarding through it all, basically what ends up happening is, you know what? You don't trust me? Fine. You will never see, anybody of the age of 20 is not going to see the promised land, this new land that I'm going to give you. And so here they find themselves in a desert for 40 years. And it's brutal. It's hot. It's dry. It's barren. The people had no purpose. As I'm walking through the desert last week, it's hot. It's dry. It's barren. Nothing is happening all around me. So, Israel finds himself in captivity again, searching for their identity, looking for a way out, discouraged, aimless. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, says this. Isaiah 43, I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty arm of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that because, check this out, it is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. Everybody say new. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through this wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I've made Israel for myself. And they will someday honor me before the whole world. And by the way, when you see the word Israel, you could just substitute us in there for now because guess what? Israel was God's covenant people. And after God came and he died his death on the cross, we are now God's covenant people. And he's like, you know what? I have a new thing for you. I am making a way in your wilderness, he says. 
So God, I believe, wants to use this desert experience in your life right now to do something new. But too often, we let our past derail us. We hold on to the pinnacles. We hold on to the pain. And we feel like we're wandering. And listen, you guys know, I don't have to tell you this, this is no way to live. We're not meant to live in this space. We can't set up our homes here. We cannot dwell here. When we dwell in the past, we sabotage our presence, our present, and we lose hope for the future. And so here's our truth. Followers of God need to live in the present with future perspective. So hear me very carefully before I move on. As a person who has studied psychology and has a degree in counseling, I know something. I was, never, I was taught to never minimize someone's pain. And please don't hear me. I am not trying to do that. I would never do that this morning. But as a pastor, I also need to implore all of us, myself included, to not believe that our best days are behind us. Because I believe God has something new. He wants to do something new for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of these other prophets said this. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Do we believe it? God's kingdom is a kingdom of mercy, of forgiveness, of grace. And so if that's true, the past is the past and we need to set our sights on the future because your future as a child of God, adopted as his son or daughter, means that you have a hope and there is restoration and healing available to you. And that's my heart to tell you this morning. Your best days are not behind you. It's simply not true. If you're wrestling with holding on to those pinnacle experiences or you're wrestling with holding on to the pain of your past, I want you to hear this word. Don't let it sabotage right now and don't let it sabotage your future. So for those of us who are in a desert season, because we're living in that unhealthy orientation to the past, here's my question. How do we not waste it? How do we not waste the desert season? How do we live in the present with a future perspective? How do we do it? In the last couple of minutes I have here, I want to talk about that just for a few minutes. How do we live in the present with a future perspective? You might want to write these down. They're in your notes online. I think the first thing we need to do is we need to take a glance at the past. Just don't dwell there. Go ahead, look back. Just don't dwell there. Looking back at the past reminds us of God's faithfulness and his presence in our life. And you see, this was Israel's problem. They too quickly just started dwelling there. They dwelled in the past and forgot to use all the things that God did for them that he listed through Isaiah. All these things I did for you and you forgot. And you allowed yourself to dwell there. But instead, we need to turn that and say, look at how God was faithful there. Look how he came through on that word for me. So go ahead, glance at the past. Just don't dwell there. We need to learn from it. 
Number two, how do we live in the present with a future perspective? Number two, we need to reorient ourselves to the present. How do you do that? Couple pointers, maybe. Be honest with God. Be honest with God. Tell him the things you're struggling with. Just straight up in whatever language you want to use, in whatever tone you want to use. Trust me, if you looked and read the Old Testament and saw the tone and the words that the Israelites used and he still loved them, man, you have a lot of leeway. But be honest with God about what you're struggling with. Jeremiah says, ask me and I will tell you, this is God speaking, ask me whatever you want and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about things to come. If you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with trusting God for the promises you believe he has or for the hopes that he has for you, tell him about it. So be honest with God. That's one way to reorient yourself to the present. Another thing is to live in community. Tell others. I, I, was, um, I was reading this really interesting article last week as I was kind of preparing and I was, you know, I was talking, looking up kind of like lost in the wilderness and I came upon this article and I found it fascinating. And again, I won't go through the whole thing, but, he, but the author said uh, something like, I am just, in quotes, I am just thinking contributes people uh, getting lost in the wilderness. And I'm like, what, what does he mean by that? So apparently 80% of the people that get lost, like really lost in the wilderness, were just going out for the day. Or they were just going out for sure. They say, I'm gonna go walk my dog. And so I just go, I'm just gonna go, you know, for an hour. And because it's that I am just thinking, they, for, they didn't tell anybody about it. And so they couldn't find, 80% of people who are lost is because it's a short trip and they somehow get you know, lost and they can't find it. And no one knows how to find it because they didn't tell anybody where they were going. And I found that fascinating. And I think that's what we can go through too, right? It's just me right now. People aren't really gonna understand. I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna power through it. Okay, guys, especially you probably feel me on that. Listen, talk to somebody, live in community with it. Tell God first, but talk to somebody else, somebody you trust, somebody that's a safe space for you. Man, I'm struggling. Don't minimize your own pain. third thing I would say just real quick is maybe just in that time of reorienting yourself to the present, be careful of making big decisions. Avoid rash decisions. Avoid things that you're going to regret later. Listen, stay put. Stay put. Let God speak to you. Let others speak into your life. By the way, that article said that's the other problem with finding people who are lost in the wilderness. They end up trying to make themselves a way out instead of staying where they are. So now they're kind of all over the place. And so rescue crews that are going to, you know, see an area that they might have been, they've already left it. So you go, by the way, survival tips from Tom. If you're ever going on a hike, tell someone if you get lost, stay put. Hey, you heard it here. Third, and finally, how do we live in the present with a future perspective? Believe in God's future for you. Listen, I'm the type of guy who's gonna come up here and my goal every week is to spur your thoughts, but it's also going to be in to encourage you. I'm not just talking flowery language. I really chew on to point out that God is for you. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I am not against you. I am for you. 
And so we gotta, re, we gotta realize that our wilderness, there's, there's purpose to it. But this is what he says about your future, just a couple of verses. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, fix your gaze on things that can't be seen. In other words, the things that are in the future. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we can't see will last forever. Here's another one in Philippians chapter one. He says, I am certain that God who began a good work in you, in the past, he began this thing in you. He had a plan, right? Will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day that Christ comes back. And Philippians three says, I've not achieved it. And you guys have probably heard the verse, a lot of you. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Take a glance. Just don't dwell there. Reorient yourself to the present by having honest conversations with God and others. And three, believe. Really start working on believing that God has a future and a hope for you. So it all comes down to changing our perspective. As we wander through this season, we need to reorient our, our perspective from the past and reorient it to our present with our future in mind because God has redeemed it. He wants to work it for good. Open your heart. Release the control and believe in his good plan for your future. Let's pray. Lord, as always, I want to stand here just in this quiet moment of our hearts and realize, God, that I only want people to remember and recall and to solidify in their hearts what's coming from you today. Anything extra they could delete. But God, I, I pray that every person in this room, that we would be able to just take that next step. God, if there are people in here who have let the past hold them back from what you want them to experience and learn today, and going forward, I pray that you would release them of that. Lord, and that just starts by, by, that, by that enlightenment of their heart, by them being able to see that and by being honest with you, being honest with you about how they're feeling and with others. Lord, I pray that this would not be a roadblock, that this would not be an impediment to what you want us, where you want us to go and what you want us to do. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us all wherever we find ourselves to be encouraged today that you have a future and a hope for us. In Jesus' name.